Hello, I'm Luke Anthony. Do you love hearing about the stars, careers, lives and mental health? Or Meet the Stars is a brand new podcast all about that. Join me every week from Wednesday the 2nd of December for an excellent conversation with a different star each episode. Simply go over to members.starevents.online to become a member, which gives you exclusive access to every episode and so many other brilliant features just for you. See you there. Hello and welcome to the Comedian's Outlook. I'm Luke Anthony and I've got another pre-lockdown episode for you. This time I'm speaking to someone who actually inspired me to start stand-up comedy all the way back when I was 16. He's got this Jim Carrey slash Steve Martin absurdity about him that was something that really appealed to me back then. But all these years later I've obviously got my own style, delivery, message, but most notably I do a lot of biographical stuff. And he does a lot of surreal yet relatable observations on the world, which is fantastic, and I urge you to go and check out his videos. My guest today is none other than Spencer Brown. We met up at the Grey Horse Pub in Kingston-upon-Thames. It's a lovely pub, lovely venue, and it's also the home to the Crack Comedy Club. I hope you're still managing to keep your spirits high and laughing lots during this, this lockdown, but hopefully us comedians will be back out on the circuit soon, making you laugh in person, as we always have been. As I said... Spencer is my guest for this episode. He's now a novelist as well as a presenter, actor, comedian, or as Al Murray once introduced him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for a funny lad with funny bones, please welcome the crazy-legged fool that is Spencer Brown. Yeah, I'm so sorry about your time. Don't worry. All right. Um, for the benefit of the podcast, Spencer's an absolute prick, and he was late to this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I, was you. Just, uh, I was just testing the sound. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought the, <laughs> that's how I open everything. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that, is, is that on your CV? An absolute prick, yeah. yeah that's just, that's just, it's on my card. <laughs> um, so, so, Spencer, thank you so much for joining me, man. Um, Pleasure. I really appreciate it. I just, I just, just to get a, like a picture of where you started, how, well, what, when did you actually start doing comedy? So, I, okay. So I used to be a magi- I was I wanted to be a magician when I was a kid. So that was <laughs> so I decided I was going to um my my life's ambition was to uh restart the Egyptian Hall, which was a, a kind of 19 uh, you know early 1900s magic emporium, I guess, magic theater in um in London. And that, and then so I started doing magic and then I I was do I was doing comedy bits in my magic. And this is when I was about probably from when I was 10 or something. And I was doing magic shows all the time. And then I, remember, I went to um, Kidderminster Library, which is my local library, and I, I happened to see a book on footlights. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that looks cool. And I thought I wanted to, I wanted to, I decided I wanted to be in footlights and be a comedian. <laughs> and I just, so I started, I went, um, managed to get to Cambridge and went to footlights and just started doing sketch stuff. And then, so, I, so I've kind of been doing it, you know, like, since since I was fifteen, in a way, but do, just doing funny things. But I, yeah, I didn't really start writing sketches till university. Start university, and then as soon as I finished, I just went straight into it. So I've kind of been doing it for for years. I mean, so I mean that, well, what, what sort of year were you? At, um, so 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 this was in like late nineties that I started doing stand up, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, I did the Comedy Zone, and then I started doing Edinburgh shows in in the early noughts. 
hate saying naughty still. Does that do people? It's sort of. There was a phrase. It's something that people always wanted to catch on, and it sort of caught on, but it shouldn't have. It's not very good. It's, it's, I think it's the only thing. It's this thing you only ever see it when you're watching something at two in the morning on Gold, where they're, they're doing a show. That, well, what, what were the nineties like? Or the noughties like? You know, it's just it's a weird. It's, it's a weird thing. It only a, ever comes up when it's like. Like they're doing a documentary about what happened in, in, in <laughs> the noughties. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a term that was only ever used to describe the past. No one ever was ever in the noughties. But yeah, so I did that, and then um, and then I did Comedy Zone, and then I started doing, doing. Yeah, I did like three or four Edinburgh, sh- three Edinburgh shows, and then I just then I just did. I I started getting a bit known as well. Then so I I did, had some quite you know I started getting TV stuff like yeah. I was presenting TV shows and things and, and then I was like oh maybe I don't need to do these Edinburgh shows and mm. things and uh, so yeah. going back to uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry I'm giving you my whole life story yeah yeah I will get, we're going to get to it by the end of the south okay. trust me okay. it's all coming um, John Oliver you you so you did Footlights yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and you were in a almost like a, a quadruple group of people where you you were with John Oliver. Um, Matthew Holness and Richard Awadey. Awadey, yeah. Awadey. Um, so John Oliver particularly is huge now. He's, he's, doing, he's doing okay, I think. Yeah, he's doing okay. Doing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes on like podcasts, you can't you can't sense sarcasm, but his face. Oh, okay, he's, got that, yeah. he's got that absurdity and that slapstick got a look on his face where. Have you ever seen his stand-up, uh, Spencer's stand-up, you'll know what I mean. Oh, okay, so, okay. I'll actually go forward slash S. I'll, I'll do forward slash S after everything I say to give yeah. it, so people know it's a it's cycle. Well, what's it like, retrospectively, thinking like this guy you did sketches with at that time and then went on to do such a huge show in America? Uh, it's weird with John because, I mean, I th- he's I think he's brilliant on that show, but he's he he was kind of very lucky in that he got... The right thing for him, I think, which I think could have e- easily not happened, you know, because because he but he managed to find the, this perfect outlet for him that he could do be as good as he is, you know, and he's because he's amazing on it, and he should be he should be doing that show, but it's just seeing, you know, I guess I know a bit behind the scenes of sort of how it came about, and it's just sort of like, you know, just a it's just a few moments that a few and a few little connections that people have or you know your agent has or something and it's then it just yes it's it's weird i haven't, I haven't seen john for ages you know so since he's uh he used to speak to me occasionally when he wasn't quite so famous but <laughs> you sound so disappointed just, about that uh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if it wasn't for me and those sketches i wrote then you wouldn't be yeah, where yeah, you are yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think they were yeah those sketches were completely irrelevant to his career no, but, yeah but no but john was like he was a gr- he was a great stand-up and he was doing stand-up in london and uh but you know it's just he, you know how it is for a lot of people you know they're doing the circuit and then you know they're just not going massive and it's not necessarily through any fault of their own i think that's one of the weird things about the circuit is that you can be incredible and you're just that's what you do you're still doing the circuit so and and to be honest there are many people that would happily just keep doing the circuit for yeah 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 yeah. it does it does give you you know and i wouldn't say the best living but it gives you a living and you wouldn't have to do a day job if you're yeah 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 yeah. early performing so i think most comedians when they start out they think they always see the stardom first I don't think, actually, no, if I can just earn 25 grand a year, 30 grand a year doing the circuit, then I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm doing a day job. I'm not doing a day job, you know. Yeah, and then, then that passes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a new wave of pricks come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm a grown man. I have children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the night job's hard. So you you did that, and then, then 2001, you started doing Edinburgh shows. And 
I I sort of agree with you in that sense about Edinburgh shows where I I see the, the the vibe of it and I see how amazing like Edinburgh really is and all that and I'm sure if it works for people and you get something out of it then incredible but I have this in my head I have this sort of like damage limitation switch in my head and I'm I'm trying not to switch the like I'm not so risk averse I love taking risks I'll yeah, yeah, happily yeah. jump out of a plane no issues um, with the parachute that's the only risk I, I like the fact that you've qualified that yeah I should, should put that in there I'm not that risky Jesus Christ well, I'm not a mentalist um, but I just think that 10 grand that goes to that I oh, just yeah. think all yeah. of the stuff I could do with my partner and holidays we could have and all that I just yeah 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 it doesn't, doesn't compute it's crazy and it's just but also I I don't really like Edinburgh shows either I, I've never loved, liked one I don't think Wow. wow. I don't think I've ever liked one that I've seen. Like, I've, I actually, no, I, I used to like, I like things that are more sketchy, like like Garth Marenghi and stuff when they were doing, you know, when well, those guys were doing uh, doing shows and things like that. I, I, I like things like that that work in a theatrical space. But for me, four black walls, you know, and, uh, and, and this audience that is right next to you and tiered but in a really weird position, that's not the right space for comedy, I, saw, I feel. Um, you know, I've seen Edinburgh shows that are good. Don't get me wrong. I've seen Edinburgh shows and I've thought, oh, that was good. That was a really good show. This guy was really good. Or this girl was really good. I just, you know, I thought that was an, ama- that was an amazing show. But I, really, would I rather be watching a film for an hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, I, I think that's, um, so for me, whereas, whereas I think stand-up for me, I, I want to see in a live venue with an audience who's sort of, you know, excited to be there. And I know, I know people are excited to be in Edinburgh, but it's not, it's, it's more a theatrical vibe. And I don't think it's right for comedy. And you wow. don't, yeah. <laughs> just, just put that on there. <laughs> this is dynamite. This is dynamite. <laughs> um, I was going to say that the last episode was Stuart Goldsmith. Okay. Who's, it just absolutely Edinburgh everything. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, these, these are quite controversial views. Wow. Here. I know. I know. I, I think, back, I but. think I'm, uh, I don't think I'm I'm normal in this way. That's fine. I mean, the thing is... <laughs> Thanks for your acceptance. That's yeah. fine. Don't worry. You're that's, right. That's all you wanted all day was yeah. my acceptance. Exactly. So, um, so, yeah, with, with like Edinburgh, the thing is with Edinburgh is that by the time someone gets to your show, mm. because usually, if you, you know, 2001 you first did it, so, you know, you, you wouldn't have been huge at that point. So people might have been seeing like six shows before yeah, seeing yeah, another yeah. 10 shows. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Bring it back to the kind of that that vibe and everything, you, the excitement you get to go into a, a comedy. Like in this room here, we're at um, Grey Horse, where they've got a beautiful little room. This is this is designed and it's perfect for comedy because everyone's here for comedy, and it's and it might be the only show they've seen this month. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's something. It's a treat for people. Whereas with um, Edinburgh, it, it kind of gets old very quickly over a month. Yeah, and people, I think people are just. You know they're trying to cram so much in, and fair enough. You know they've that's they've travelled up to Edinburgh, or they live in Edinburgh. That's the other possibility, of course. Not everybody has to travel there, and they and they and they and it's the fifth show they've seen in a row, and they're just getting there in time, and they're sort of exhausted. And people come back, and go, oh, it's exhausting. I, I managed to see thirty shows. And it's just I don't know. For me, that's um, yeah. I don't. Know. It's it's just I, I I think Edinburgh is about sort of you know the old what used to be the sort of one man or one woman show rather than a, an hour stand-up set, which is, you know, I'd much rather watch an hour stand-up set. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I saw I saw a comedian last year, uh, I was doing a podcast with somebody, uh, Nicola Wren, who okay. is um, Chris Martin's younger sister, and she okay. did a, like, a whole monologue theatre um, performance, 
and the whole thing was was definitely like perfect for Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, know, yeah. you get to that forty minute mark, and then you've got that. You know, the, you've got that big event in your life, and then you overcome it. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the Venn diagram of of Edinburgh shows, or at least the popular ones these days. Yeah, and. What I'm interested in is that when you, around that time, <laughs> yeah, the, the alternative alternative group that you you, you oh, set yeah, up yeah, the movement yeah. was that was that alternative to the alternative stuff that we oh yeah so that was meant to be we wanted to because that was kind of us doing we felt like comedy had got a bit sort of mainstream already at that point and so what we wanted to do is have like stuff where we were subverting everything so we used to like we used to do these shows but then you know it would just be more like an event. That's what we were trying to do, create an event, and it would be spontaneous every time. Like, one time some guy came on stage and we set his hair on fire. Another time we had Rosario Dawson, you know, from the um, the film star. Yeah, she yeah. was in the audience, and we, we basically were trying the effectiveness of double mint, so we got everybody to, all these men to eat things like dog food and all these horrible things, and then eat double mint for a few seconds, and they had to kiss Rosario Dawson. She was <laughs> But it was just like weird stuff like that happening. And then we started taking the audience out of the venues, and then, and then eventually we just started doing walks. So we just sort of said, rather than having a venue, just meet us at this place, and then we'll, we're just going to take a show around the streets and stuff. So we were just sort of, yeah, doing crazy stuff like that, basically. So you really loved, like, improvising and, and sketch comedy and things like that? Well, the thing is, I, I, I wouldn't, I've always been someone who writes things. I'm, I'm, I think I'm fundamentally a writer more than an improviser. And, uh, yeah, so, so that's, I think that's why I've always been drawn to more to American stand-up rather than British stand-up. And, I, I, and again, I think I would have been a lot, you know, in, in some ways I would have been a lot happier doing stand-up just in the States um, just be, just because I think the, the the thought there is it's it's a performance. I'm going to see a performance. Oh, this guy's written something good. He's thought about this and he's written something good and it's honed and it's good and I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch it and it's going to be funny. Whereas here, I think it's all like, hey, he's one of us. He's one of us. He's going up. They're going up there. And then, uh, yeah, shut up, you idiot. You know, and just like all this whole sort of vibe where people feel, I, I mean, it's a tradition here to, to heckle people and to, to have that stuff and not, not really have much respect for the comic I guess and that's just not really something I'm as interested in okay you know I want to write I want to I want to write something and present it sure and so after after those Edinburgh shows you had a you had a break from Edinburgh um, mm. until quite uh, for quite a long time but you're obviously on the circuit in comedy yeah yeah yeah. Was, I was, yeah I was doing six gigs a week usually yeah so so you, you made a living from from the circuit rather than doing the hour long shows. You'd, you know, you had a great twenty. Yeah, 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 exa- like exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was you know just touring around and and uh, yeah, and just and but then and then but also you know acting and stuff and presenting stuff and things. So it was all always a mix of all these things, really. Um, yeah. You, you had a pretty. I I one of the things I I loved was when you did your Edinburgh and Beyond with Al Murray. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. His yeah show okay. there. I, I remember watching that, and I was about sixteen when that wow, that okay. came out, that's and that's crazy. when I first did stand up. Oh, okay, yeah. Because you've been described as in the past as a cross between like a Jim Carrey and a Steve Martin. Okay, well, that's and I just wondered who your influences in comedy were. Well, I like I I generally liked those sort of zanier American guys. I love those guys. I love like Harry Hill. I really like of the British comics and things. Um, uh, but yeah, Andy Kaufman, I loved all, all these, all those sort of seventies comics. I don't know. It just, it, I think it's because that was a really exciting time in American comedy. And I think in my head, I was always in that time, even when I was, it was not happening at all <laughs> in reality in, in, in London and, and Britain. But it's uh, in my head, I was always like on the nineteen seventies American comedy circuit. 
trying out stuff. And, and that's what I think got me less interested in comedy when it felt like people weren't excited. It was people just working to do sets and stuff. And no one was like coming, what, what are they going to do tonight? You know, like this is, and it was just where the excitement was, you know? So, okay. yeah. And then you had a huge break with Holly Willoughby with um, lip service, which yeah, must yeah. have really helped with, because you, you're almost like a jack of all trades. And, and and what's the second bit of that phrase? I'm not, not going to say the. Yeah, I'm not going to say the next bit. Um, but you, you've, you've got many strings to your bow, and so presenting was something that you particularly got a niche with. I think. Yeah. No, well, that's again that that. But it's it's a weird. It's always just a weird world because. Um, I mean, yeah, that like that show went down so well and people really loved it. And but then then they sort of ran out of money for a second series. And then they were giving giving me my, my own series. And then the head of the channel left. And then another channel wanted to give me my own series. And then the the person changed there. And it's just it's really interesting. Like when you're in the industry, because I think I think particularly if you've been through school and university things, you've got this very systematic sort of formalized way that you think life is going. Whereas I think in in in, in uh, television and presenting and things, it's 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 not really like that unless you become massive and you're you've got you know you your reputation sort of carries you through people just go oh well we didn't get that job and then so i just stopped then i just sort of stopped presenting <laughs> you know i did about three shows and then and then it was like okay that's uh well you you know no one's calling you anymore about presenting i was like but all my shows have gone really well and they've like the, the channel five one i did was like the best rated one that they'd ever had and stuff and is that still going on no no no, no. but it's just it's just, but it's just like and then they then they just spent all their money on something else and it just stopped and so it's kind of like I don't know. It's 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 quite <laughs> it's quite interesting, really, when you when you're in the inside of it, just going, oh, it d- doesn't work like I thought it did. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, it's so so yeah. No, and I I loved presenting. It was really fun. But also also I think the vibe sort of then changed more to personal journeys. And I I don't, I don't you know it's not really my thing so much. I'm kind of I'm, uh, the trouble is I think I'm very mentally sorted. I've got very little to sort of work at work through in my life. Um, and that's not like being arrogant. I just, I just, I like, I meditated for a long time. I've, I've just, yeah, and it just, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm pretty, I have a really stable life. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't have the need to go on personal journeys, really. Mm. That sounds really weird. It's, well, it's interesting because with, what's that? What's that? I just think, I just know these, are, these sound like such weird things to anybody listening, doesn't it? No. You, you said, I, I, I don't know. I want to really listen to this back. It will be completely different to how I experience it right now. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like the first time I've had sex. Like the way I just said there was like, this is one big experience we're experiencing together, but it's not, is it? I mean, that's so weird. That's so weird. Um, yeah. So with like comedy and stand-up and, and television and entertainment, yeah. there, there's, always, there's always this kind of, thought in our head that we want to get to somewhere where we yeah, can make yeah, this yeah. a living but really what we all want is stability in our personal lives so you know if we get married we have children we just want some things that we can provide for the people that yeah, we love yeah 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 and so that that's always the core of things when you started doing I'm not sure what, what point you were married but at what point did you think that okay now I've got something that this is going to sustain me for a bit longer in terms of what would sustain me in terms me of st- stability so oh, uh, well but I I don't even know if it was if it was that, like, I've been very lucky because my wife is amazing and I, and I, you know, we really love each other. So it's, so I think we've been very, yeah, you know, I'm, I've been very lucky in that. But also I, I do think mentally, I think, I, I think probably meditating is something that just gives you a certain detachment from a lot of things. Not that I don't ever get down or anything, but it's just, yeah, yeah, not really, not, not massively. 
a lot of comedians will talk about their life and about their yeah, family yeah, yeah. and about their kids and all that yeah. sort of stuff that drives it. I mean, obviously, we'll get onto the book, and yeah. there's probably a lot of that is inspired by family yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and life like that. So, but you're a surrealist sort of slapstick kind of silly comedian on stage. So you you talk about very relatable things, but in a in a quite I don't know in a a goofy way in a way. Yeah, yeah, completely. You know I, mean? I just want. Well, I, I kind of like having fun with ideas. You know, just that's that's what I'm interested in. You know, like like I studied philosophy and things, and I think you, my mind is always sort of trying to find interesting connections and things. And that's what I want. I want almost novelty of thought with, with you know with stand up. And I wanted things like you know I used to come on stage and start making. And then I'd say, "You hungry? You hungry?" And I and I just make people toast. And I put my I had a toaster there and I just literally because you know I, people you know it's like what the hell is going on in this situation? That's what I want. I wanted like. And I mean, remember when I first started even, I remember <laughs> when I used to perform places and if people laughed, I went, wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. <laughs> Genuinely. And, I, and it took me a while to shake that, that, that actually maybe that was what I was trying to do is to have people laugh. But I was thinking, yeah, this wasn't original enough or it wasn't interesting enough. People were laughing. So you, you, you weren't... A, <laughs> that's, a weird. That, that's an insane thing for a comedian to do. Yeah, think. yeah. You said, you said you're a stable, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I believe the contrary to this. And so, But then uh, the only thing of success in stand-up on the night is literally the laughing. That's the only gauge of of whether you've done a good job or not. Is yeah, I think I came around to that eventually, but okay. that's not how I started. <laughs> yeah. I was just so like, that's because you're a writer, first and foremost. So the construction of your material... And the way, and the way you get to that point, and the way you build this bridge. But also the performing. I wanted to perform it. I like. It might not even be that. You know, it might you know, it might be that that I was I was doing something that was um, purely performance led and didn't really have any jokes in. But it was just, I just wanted something that people hadn't seen before, and I wanted I wanted to sort of not blow people's minds, but just make people go, whoa, what was what was what the hell was that? And just have people like constantly. Not on edge, but just um, just sort of taken aback, I guess. Yeah. There was a bit you did years back, and I think it was on the Almer thing, where the, the freshness breath thing was like toothpaste, the, the labelling of toothpaste. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I've never, ever looked at a tube of toothpaste in the same way okay. since I saw that. <laughs> yeah, constantly, constantly thinking. And I think my, maybe it's because I was like at school yeah, yeah, at, the yeah. time, at the time I, I heard that. So... I, I, I used to, I just think that it just bugged me at school and I think yeah so if this really would happen like can I can I submit a piece of like a tube of toothpaste for my homework yeah. <laughs> just, wait, just waiting for the day that, that, yeah. that, that I can just bring in a tube of toothpaste it's already been ticked off yeah uh, yeah no, yeah there's this lovely analogy that teachers often tell us where they'd get you to squeeze out an entire tube of toothpaste and then say to you now put it back in Right. And the, the whole idea and the lesson is to say you can't put it back in. You so can't just cut the bottom off and then exactly scoop it back in with a spoon, and I, yeah. And I only heard that analogy recently where someone else was talking about it. And I thought, well, I would be now, the me now, be so adamant to actually go and get something to actually squeeze that back in um, and prove the teacher wrong. Cause it's it's totally doable. Stupid. You can make a little hole maybe in the bottom of the toothpaste and suck it up through the toothpaste. You could do, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying that would be a nice way to <laughs> share toothpaste. Or. I reckon I should, you should become a teacher now and you do this analogy, but the whole idea is that you can put something back in. It's a positive, optimistic view on the world. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you can always put something back in. Well, what, was, what are they trying to teach you with this toothpaste? I think it's like... It's Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are they trying to teach you with that? I think it was... It's easier to do something than undo it, or it's easier to 
it's, it's harder to undo something than when you, I don't know. See, that would, be, that would be a terrible advice for a creative writing teacher. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. literally you want to just get everything out there and then it's very easy to undo it. You know, it's... Um, <laughs> just delete it or delete Just delete, 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 delete yeah. but at least you've got the stuff to work with. It's interesting. It's, I think that's why often um, novel, films made from novels mm. end up as more interesting than films not made from novels is because... Because a writer, a prose writer, you just you've just got to basically get a lot of stuff out because you've got so much content to make, and you can't. Whereas a film, you're just thinking, this is the structure, this is the structure, yeah. so you can't yeah. deviate at all. But I think that means that people have a lot more to um, mine from if if they've got a book to start with because it doesn't have the the same structure. And this is see, I don't quite. This is that's, that's sort of relevant. I don't quite know why I went up on it, <laughs> but it's no. But like the tooth, but yeah. So I think that's the thing. You just got to. The more you can get out and then delete is 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 the better is better really. Yeah, I mean, I but it's, we're all we're all um, cursed by that, though, aren't we? We're all cursed by by something we've done in the past. Oh, five years later, why did I do that? Like I I started, when I, I did another podcast. Yeah, and I listened back to it, and I'm like, I've got to check myself. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Stuff I shouldn't have said, and then suddenly it's easy just to remove it and then start a new one because you know that you're, you're more mindful of things like that. I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's the trouble. Like now, I think we, we definitely feel like that because we live in a, you know, a shaming culture. But actually, really, that's not you. That's not you. I mean, I've, just this strange sense of identity that we've created where every past sin is, is, your, is you. But it's the fact is if you do something and you wouldn't do it again and you realize that was wrong, that's not who you are anymore. So, I mean, and you maybe not wouldn't have got to that point with uh, unless you'd unless you'd done it in the first place and thought about it, so I mean it's weird, isn't it, that we do associate with our past selves, and I mean that's the whole basis of <laughs> our criminal justice system. But I'm not saying, yeah, you know, obviously there's certain limits, but in terms of experimenting with thoughts and things, I think, yeah, I think I think we we need to let things out in a way, maybe in safe spaces, maybe safe, maybe, spaces. maybe not on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so, so sorry to have infiltrated your ears. It's all right. Um, the, 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 oh, the listener, yeah. No, but I'm in me as well. I, I, yeah. I did feel infiltrated. Oh, sorry. It's all right. Uh, this is nothing. There's <laughs> okay. way more to come yet. Oh, come on. Uh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> no. Um, oh, where are we at? Oh, yeah, so another thing to your bow is acting. Um, so you've acted in quite a few um, short, short films and a few things over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And recently did particularly well with Shed of the Dead. Yeah, um, I did particularly well with Shed of the Dead. Shed of the Dead did not do particularly well. <laughs> um, yeah, so but that was that was fun. It's this like it's the, it's the second feature like horror feature film I've done, where that was lead the lead in, and it was um, I really like doing films. It's really fun, and I like being the lead in them, to be honest. And that sounds weird. It's not because because um, it's not because I feel like. Oh, I, I want to be about me. It's just I like having stuff to do all the time. Otherwise, I just get a bit bored, you know. And it's just like the great thing about doing a film, like a film where even if it's a small film where you're in every scene, it's just you 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 can't overthink anything. You're just kind of constantly and you're sort of working from instinct and stuff. And it's yeah, I really like that. It's really fun. Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, aspects of Shadow of the Dead, <laughs> uh, you know, could have. Things things could have maybe gone better with Shadow of the Dead uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of how big big it got. But you know, let's let's go and watch it. It'll be uh, it's on Amazon for Amazon. It should be on Amazon. Hopefully, it'll be on Prime soon as well. So, to be fair though, this got it's, it's, 
<laughs> you, you've got one more feature film than many, many people. So yeah, that's know, that's true. That's true. More, so. That's true. And anyway, seeing the um, have you, seen, have you seen the film? No, you haven't seen. No, the film. The film. No, yeah, no. no. Um, uh, you, that's 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 most people's experience of it. <laughs> they've, they've seen the trailer, but they yeah. haven't seen the film. I, I will. I will watch it. I certainly will watch it. I didn't know. To be honest, I didn't know that um, you were in it until today. Oh, okay. I was doing some digging. Um, in the garden, in my shed, weirdly enough. Um, <laughs> but your your persona in that is slightly different. The character you play is different to like you know you've got Spencer Brown on stage. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then and then this was, I, I didn't when I saw it I thought is that him? And then because just because of the way you present yourself and yeah, yeah. obviously he's acting, so you're doing something you yeah. know, yourself so much. But. Well, that it's interesting with that one because because the the one I did before which hasn't I think may may come out this year. Um, that was very much more sort of. I don't know my sort of acting persona, whereas whereas Shell of the Dead was he's quite an unpleasant character. So the the it was the difficulty was sort of you know like and he was quite angry and bitter and trying, but the difficulty was trying to make him a bit likable at the same time as being quite angry and, and bitter. Whereas the other film I did, it's, it, you know, if that comes out, that be it'd be I think it'd be quite interesting because it's I think that's more how I am naturally as a sort of you know lead leading man actor. Um, but it's yeah, it's interesting. It's I think it's it's interesting about personas and things as well because yeah, it's I think that's the other reason I, I didn't used to do a lot of I was a bit wary of doing podcasts years ago and I you would turn down most of the ones I got offered to do because I was so worried about breaking persona and that's why I used to always think like I want to be in, whenever I do anything I want to be in my stage persona and stuff and but now I just, I sort of feel like well because I don't feel that's not me the stage persona it's just part it's it's part of me you know it's like that's how I am in this situation and it's this and it's funny because like when I'm with my wife sometimes I'll I guess because I'm very relaxed and I, I will sort of joke in a way that would be more like my stage persona so it's you know it's it's interesting like you know it's not you kind of realize oh that's not actually putting on a character or anything it is to some extent but it's also that is it's just a part of me and we're very diverse beings and you know different situations create different versions of you you know yeah, it's almost, it's again, it's, it is just like creating a character in in a film or in a sitcom or in a book, for example, because it's, you've got the character and then you just place this character in different scenarios. Yeah. You know, this is how this person would naturally, yeah. um, you know, respond in this in this scenario. And so, and that's why people like Jim Carrey could work in pretty much any yeah, yeah, film yeah. because he has his thing that he does and he plays, usually plays the unassuming sort of guy. Yeah. But and something happens then, to him and it changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I don't want to compare it to him so much, but there, there is an element of that where, where wherever you are, you've got that, you've got that charm and that that cheeky chap sort of attitude towards things. So, um, like when you present, it's there, and you you're you're you're, you're, you're presenting in a in a humorous and a funny way. You you know there are elements of Shed of the Dead from what I I have seen that you've got that physicality. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so there, there, are, there are little bits of your persona in all, all places, and yeah, and I, I just—it's interesting, you know, talking about different personas in books, and and because you know, I mainly write now. I like you, you know, I, you know, I write six, seven hours a day, generally. Is that because I will get on to the yeah, book right yeah, right no, now. no, but just, well, we can get on to that in a bit. But I was just saying about the, I think often when you're writing a piece, you, you, you are all the characters are you. 
you know, the women, the men, the yeah. every everybody is a, is a version of you. And I, I sort of feel like it's interesting because you know when you meditate, sometimes you can go down a few levels, and you'll hear voices in your head. Almost, I don't, I don't want to, I don't know much about levels of these kind of mental affect, affect problems, but you know, in terms of you schizophrenia, where you hear the voice, other voices in your head, like I think everybody has those. <laughs> and I think we just don't have a center really to our personality, and 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 uh, and, and, that, and I, I think those are often the characters in in the book. Everything's you, and uh, the idea of you know one what you being one person is is maybe an illusion. <laughs> ah, the uh, fun fun comedy, uh, slightly potentially profound podcast that we've, I've created here. Sorry <laughs> I, I find it very interesting. And so you, you said you're writing a lot more than you were, you're, you're doing stand-up and, and other ventures. Yeah. Is, is that to suit your family life and, and to be present more? Uh, um, <laughs> doesn't, like, doesn't like that question at all. No, no, no. I'm just trying to think. Um, to a certain extent, but also I feel like I want to, I feel like I, the reason I kind of cut back on stand-up is uh, and I might and I might come back to doing it a bit more again. At the moment, I do a gig like every six weeks or something like that, just you know, just to keep my hand in. And but it's just because I feel like I, I've got. I want to say things now, and I, and I feel I can do that better through long form stuff than sh- you know short form stuff like stand up. Um, so it's a creative decision. Yeah, to yeah. a certain extent, and I, I just also I don't think many people can really write books. Because it's because it's sustain, you know, particularly comedy books. It's a sustained period of, you know, you have to be. I sit down for three hours, or you know, with with a with Tom Cooper. I wrote, I was writing maybe two thousand words a day. It's been a lot slower with my new book, but and then how many pages is that? Three hundred pages. So like, it's six hundred pages, and I've got like six or seven jokes per page. So that's like for three hours, I'm coming up with jokes. You know, const- constantly, <laughs> like, and and just sitting at a computer, and I and I think. A lot of people, you know, not many people can do that. Maybe, maybe they can. Maybe everybody can. Can they just they just choose not to? But but so that's why I thought, you know, I've got a skill where I can do that. So that's a fun thing. That's something you know that I think people might enjoy. Just having an intensity of jokes in a book, for example. And, and whereas stand up, you just don't really have to be that intense with your I guess you do have to be that intense with your creativity because you'll write 30 jokes in the morning and then only one of them will be good enough you know because it's so maybe I maybe I'm talking about my bottom, my bottom <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to add something onto that though I'm afraid and so with with that though with writing a joke the only way you know that's good is by getting a reaction from an audience so when you're writing a novel how do you how do how do you twat I don't think yourself? you well but hmm, I don't think you, it is the only way you know it's good if you know if an audience laughs because you you know you have to do things three or four times or it might be the, the words off or something um, and, and it's also how you say it in front of the crowd and it's because it's a dialogue um, I think I think if you, you often that's why often if you're improvising the piece of material on stage you, you find the right words there and then because you're in you're, you're in the dialogue and it's, it's interesting one of my favorite gigs i've ever done was when i was, I was doing this stand-up special in sweden and uh and it was a bit weird they packed the, the actual special itself they packed far too many people into the room and they had the most famous comedian in sweden on just before me and it was just like it was the special itself wasn't great but then afterwards we went and did this 2000 seat theater and it was the biggest gig i would ever done at that time and people laughed for so long i found that i could 
just I was suddenly creating all this new material that I'd never in, in a way that I'd never done before because I had all this time to think and it, and it was because I was again completely in that dialogue whereas I think with, with writing you're sort of for something that's meant to be read you're sort of in that dialogue anyway because you're the reader and the writer at the, sa- the same time it's not a case of well this is going to be read on a stage or you know in, in a different in a different sort of context you, you, you're fundamentally in the um in, in, in the finished, you know, in the finished situation as, as you're writing and reading it. It's not quite true, but I think there's a, there is a truth to it. So I think that's maybe how you can feel something's more funny, you know, funny, funny in a book in a way that you wouldn't be so definite about stand-up. And, all, and also the fact is, like, when I'm writing, writing I'm, I'm also trying to make sure that everything is really character-based. So it doesn't, so it doesn't matter if it doesn't work, really. It's just someone's thoughts. And it's the same. Whereas something like, if you watch Family Guy, you know, it's so obvious that everything's a joke. It, I hated Family Guy for the first few... I don't, I don't, I don't know if you like Family Guy. Um, not really. No. I, was always, I was always a South Park fan before that. Yeah, but, exactly. I think, yeah. I think it's far better. But, but anyway, but the point is, like, first few times I watched Family Guy, I couldn't bear it. I couldn't bear it. And because they're going, here's a joke, here's a joke, here's a joke. And I'm going, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. And eventually mm. you just go... Oh, I'm just not laughing. That's fine. And I'll laugh every 10 or something. And then, you know, and you can sort of watch it. But, but I think with a, because there are obviously jokes, whereas I think if you're trying to keep everything based around characters, if people don't laugh, it doesn't matter so much because it's, it's what that person would have said anyway. So it doesn't. And you're still building the story. Exactly. And it doesn't, so it doesn't, so it doesn't upset, it doesn't make you feel like, oh, I should have laughed if, if you didn't. Do you know? Does that matter? I see. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know what you mean. Or I shouldn't have laughed. Yeah. 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 You can work on both. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, I, I think it's, you don't want people to feel bad that they haven't <laughs> laughed at something. And I think yeah. that happens in stand-up a lot, and it happens in something like Family Guy, where where you where people just almost feel a bit weird or bad that jokes have been cracked and they're just not funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- so that's that's maybe why why it doesn't matter so much in the book. Who knows? So you have you have released your debut novel, the rebuilding of Tom Cooper, which you just flippantly mentioned just there but we're going to get on to it's, it's, it I only, I, only, I only mentioned it because it was right right, right there in front of you on the table I mean, uh, I'd really love to say that this is like a presenter's trick like like you know have the book that you're talking about that, nearby okay. so they get inspired, inspired. but I just I, I just put it here because I was looking at it myself okay um, I, just, I just read it literally before this interview okay. the whole book no. the whole, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm really fast at reading and when did you start writing it? Well, that was... Um, we wrote that about... So, this year I've written... What's, what's, it's, it's 2020. Yes. It's 2019, 2018. Maybe that was like 2017. I, get, I, I was writing that. And then it kind of... Yeah, I guess. Or maybe... Yeah, kind of late 2017, I think. And then into 2018. And what inspired it? I, I was chatting to the guy who is now my... Um, my literary agent and he was saying he thought it'd be really good to have a, like a male Bridget Jones and I was like yeah I think that and I just suddenly like set something off me and I, I thought because I never thought I would be a novelist I never I just don't think I'm a prose writer and um, and it just set, and it set something off me and I thought oh, I might have a little go at that and that sounds quite quite funny and then I had some just had lots of ideas and I was and, and, and it just kind of really flowed very easily and I was like oh yeah I'm gonna try I, I think I might do this and so, so I so I wrote so I basically so I wrote that and then I just 
yeah, and I was like, oh, I, I can write a book. I, I just, I, because it's so character-based, it's almost like a, you know, it's first person, so it's yeah. almost like a, not like a monologue, but it's present tense, and it's almost, it's it's like the events are happening in a very immediate way, I think. So 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 it turns out I can write books, um, <laughs> whether, whether people write them or not. I think people, most people seem to be really enjoying it. You know, it's... Um, but yeah, so I, I would, I'd never, but I never thought that was something I was going to do. Really, it was just I, I chatted to him about it, and I don't know if I'd had a little idea about writing a book before that because my wife's a, a writer as well. She's she's an author. Um, if you can yeah. sum up the book up for me briefly, I don't want to give it away because well, think- it's basically about a guy whose wife leaves him. He's got two kids, and he's just you know forced to sort of start again I think I think part of the book was almost me reassuring myself that you know if my wife ever decided to leave me I'd still be alright uh, <laughs> which uh, this is not on the cards so it's all it's all good but it's um, yeah but it's but it's also I wanted to write I wanted to write a look about I guess about parenthood and, and so a lot of it is kind of quite stand-up in a way um, but but with, with you know and it, the guy is broken up with his wife just so there's some romance and you know love and things in it so it's and it just and i think it opens up a whole realm of possibility otherwise it's just going to be about the you know just to be about kids is just not not a great you know uh, it's an interesting book to some people but it's not interesting to everyone whereas this one's the guy's trying to restart his career and you know he works as an accountant he's trying to get into advertising and be more creative he's trying to get trying to find someone new and he's and, and he's dealing with his kids at the same time and i just yeah, just I, because I, because I, 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 that was the other, that was the other thought I had with it when I was writing it. It's all, it's all coming back to me now. Luke. It's all coming back to me. Um, so, because I, I love, I semi love things like George, you know, George Collins' book, like yes. you know, like yeah. brain, is that brain droppings him? And then uh, you know, the wood, those Woody Allen books and stuff. There's a real sardonic sort of narrative all the way, all the way through it, or dialogue through it. I, yeah, and so. I, but I, but I think just sometimes stand up written written down is is can be sort of really nice. But the downside of it is that you don't want to keep reading sometimes because every bit is so perfect in itself. You just you read a chapter. It's, it's sort of almost perfect toilet books where you can just go and read you know and if <laughs> whereas mine's a toilet book for someone who has dysentery or something yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you need to spend six hours in the toilet mine's perfect yeah. um, and if you're gonna if you need to cry at any point you've got the, the tissue it's right perfect it's, yeah. Yeah, so, so, but I wanted to have something that you know a plot that kept people kept people wanting to read forward and wanting to know what happened while being as funny as one of those books that, that was sort of the other th- other thought behind it really it's, it's a lovely book and I really enjoyed it and I've, I'm still yet to write your review online but I will oh, do well, it that would be very nice <laughs> <laughs> one star yeah. also a yeah. prick on the podcast yeah. it all depends how this goes okay. really. <laughs> yeah. and no I, I loved it I love the what, one of the main things I got from it was the the internal monologue that we all have when things are happening to us and it can be the the most adverse things that happen to us, the things that stress us the most but there's an element of you're saying the truth. I, I, it's almost like I shouldn't know what you're thinking yeah. as I'm reading it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Okay, yeah, but yeah. You, you do know. What you're, it's, it's like you've, you're suddenly in, in someone else's mind with it and, and you're, you're following their swear words, just following the things they're saying about people, even the stuff you say about your kids, um, about going to school and things like that. Yeah. You, as, as a reader, you're like, this is like having, to, this is like um, reading someone's mind without without their permission almost and, and, and I love that because it's so related because we all have those things yeah if we said all the things we thought of people as we were coasting through life 
then we would have no friends who would probably be arrested. Be a disaster. Um, and, and that's one of the main things I loved about it. Yeah, and, and also and I, I think the other thing is no one's really writing funny books about men really at the moment and I think it's a really weird time to be a man. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, 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 it is a, it's a weird time to be a man at the moment and, you know, it's creating a lot of problems for people. And, and I, so I kind of wanted to go and have a book that was really about, you know, I think, it's, I think it's very accessible. You know, it's interesting. I, get, I think I get a lot more sales from women, you know, than I do, you know, from men. But at the same time, I think it's, it, you know, it's, 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 it's something that doesn't really happen in the, in the market. And also, like, having a sort of rom-com that is, is as suitable for men as it is for women is quite you know, hopefully quite refreshing because because it's it's just a point of view that isn't really seen. And, you know, and the fact that most guys, I don't know, I think most most guys I know are pretty good guys. You know, they're not toxic. They're not, you know, abusive. They're not difficult. And I wanted to have like a, a figure in it who was, who was like that, who wasn't, a, who was a nice guy, but is having problems in his life. And, and also, you know, having almost an aspirational figure you know, as the quote from Omar Child, you know, you mentioned something like But, you know, you, you, you know that's the, that is actually someone that is funny but is a good guy, I think. Mm. Um, it's, it's an odd, odd thing to have gone from um, being said that, oh, you, you, you'd be great to write. I would love to get a novel about this, uh, sort of the man's Bridget Jones, and then just come up with an idea because often when things hit me, it's something has happened to me to inspire me to write that and then suddenly I get a massive flood of like creativity and yeah, I, write, yeah. I write the start to finish like yeah. just a, a list of stuff yeah yeah um, but you, you you're almost manufacturing something in a sense where you're someone's giving you this idea and you think okay what can I do what can I oh, do oh no it wasn't, it wasn't quite like that I think it was okay. more like it set something off and I, and in me and I went oh that's cool you know and then I had started having ideas okay uh, so I, I, yeah I wouldn't yeah, it wasn't. so you just access another part of your brain just because of this trigger, almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it was. More, it was more like uh, it was. So it wasn't. No, maybe if, if I made it sound like it was manufactured, I don't think. No, it didn't feel like that at all. It's it's felt because it, it feels very much like uh, there's a lot of me in that book. Definitely, yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, and uh, you, you know, I, to be honest, I've got like at the moment I've got about six books that I want to write and stuff, and you know, it's just I just have. I have got far too many ideas and I've got another few screenplays I've got, I'm trying to get out at the moment and it's just a, you know, I've got, I've got, at the moment I've got a disastrous amount of ideas for things that I want to do. So it's, it's, I can't really, I don't really have time to sort of generally manufacture things for people, you know, because, because, you know, I've got too much of my own stuff that I want to do. Yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't mean that. In no, 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 but good. I just wondered what, what, what the root of it was and, and obviously, you know, this this is probably an idea you've always had in your head, yeah. something you've always wanted to re- write. But you know, you having a meeting with the literary agent, oh, you could, what have you thought about this? And you think, oh yeah, I've got this idea, I've got this character, I've got this. Yeah, story. it's I'd say it was somewhere sort of in between. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's somewhere in between those things. It's, but also, I, yeah, I just I just didn't think I was a I didn't think I was a, a novelist really, and now having written a lot of prose, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe that's something. I can do. <laughs> we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that successful this one ends up being. And uh, was it self-published or did? Which yeah. no, it's through Marot. It's through, but it's um, but it's there. You know, it's not. Let's just say it isn't making me millions and millions of pounds at the moment. Um, so so, but I, I'm hoping to get a a bigger a bigger company for my next book, so so that it can 
It's always a tough one, isn't it? A teething issues with with a, a first. A yeah, first well, but interestingly, what's what's difficult is there's very there's it, the the publishing industry seems to be pretty anti comedy at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really difficult, and because uh, most comedies aren't really full on comedies. Like the big the big book of last year was Eleanor Oliphant. You know that? Do you know this book at all? No, no I don't. Know. Yeah, I guess why would you? You know, um, no, no, but seriously, <laughs> it's, it's no, no. If it's it's um, if you're into books, you're into books. If you're into comedy, usually into comedy. But that was that was one of the really big, um, uh, big books, and it was that was a, that was a comedy. But it was interesting. I had a look at it, and it's like the, there's not really a joke. Seven pages, and I think that's. And then it, there's, I'm sure there's, there's lots of funny bits in it, but I think generally books that are considered. Funny books now are just sort of quite dry, and then they're humorous. And they, but then they're not really books that are joke, 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 joke. So this this is like really unfashionable, I think, to write a comedy like this. But you know, uh, the you know the um, the PG Woodhouse Award didn't get awarded two years ago. Do you know? Are you aware of this? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so so I mean, literally, no one was writing was writing funny funny books in that wow, sense. That's crazy. And, uh, so, so yeah, I think the the, diff, the big difficulty with 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 a book like this is that there's not the, the there's not really an openness to a funny book, particularly again about men. I think there may be. I've heard I've heard now a year after you know after it was you know submitted and things that people are now thinking, oh, maybe book funny books about men would be all right. So. Hopefully, yeah, you may have a late bloomer, but it, it seems to have done well. It's got a, it's had a good oh, it's reaction. Doing, it's it's, it's um, doing well, but you know, it's kind of. Um, it's uh, it's get you know getting out to a, a you know it's in a big enough market like it's you know I, I was in foils the other day and there were you know loads of copies there and some of the Waterstones but then some play, bookshops don't have any you know it's it, and it's just uh, I think I think you need a you need hundred thousand pounds worth of marketing behind a book really to make it a, a big book. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and the things that Amazon aren't aren't particularly good for, for like um, uh, commissions and things like that, are they? Well, the, well, the Amazon's good in terms of exposure. You know, ex- well, I mean, it's um, it's how do people know about your book? Really, you know, uh, you, that's the the trouble is like if you've got if you go to a bookshop and there's piles and piles of books on the you know on the table, then you go, oh, I know, I don't know if you. Frequent bookshops, particularly, but you know, I know the books that are out at the moment. Basically, I know, I know because they're, because they're all on the tables, they're all on the charts. But they've you know they've all been paid to be there, which is something I'm pretty sure. I think that's how it works, like in Waterstones and things that you you, you pay to be on a table. So if you're not, that's how you get exposure, really. And then people might go and buy it on Amazon afterwards. But <laughs> but the point is, that's your almost your um, almost your showroom. Yeah, you know, so yeah. so you know, Amazon's Amazon's great for actually you know sell, selling books, but have you have you used stand up or things like that as a way of kind of like you know doing this and then saying oh no I've got this here um, occasionally, but then it, it felt weird. I did it, yeah. I did it once and I, and, I, and, I, and it felt a bit weird. I was like oh I've got some postcards <laughs> postcards with uh, name of my book if anybody wants one at the end and then it just seemed a bit like. Felt weird. I don't. Yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Because I used to have. You know, I had an album out years ago with um, Laughing Stock and stuff, uh, and they were. Um, you know, who's who? 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 Were, I think they were the. They were like maybe the main kind of comedy album producer at the time, and uh, 
And yeah, but just even everybody else would like try and sell their their homemade CDs, and I have this proper release thing, and I just would just feel too embarrassed to be at yeah, the back yeah. like selling it, and just feel like a bit of a. I find it very awkward to sell promote things. Like I, mm. That's why I think social media is quite a difficult thing. Oh, I hate it because because you have to now let agents and you know about look at follower numbers and all that sort of stuff yeah. and and it's just i just feel a bit sick about saying great things about myself when really you want someone else to say that about you and you just sort of like the comment you know <laughs> it's like, that's that's what that's why you that's why you get married right? that's why you get married <laughs> so you've got someone else saying nice things about you yeah right? yeah yeah just uh, i see on your book you've got your wife's name here just quoted <laughs> that is a joke forward slash s uh, <laughs> There you go. That's a nice callback to the beginning. <laughs> and so you've done this book. You're, you're working on so many other things. I think quite similar to me in that sense where I feel like there's not enough time in my life to write everything I want to write. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And maybe mo- not enough money to, to be able to do it all yeah. as well. And so what what are you trying to prioritize, like, what to do next? Um, the one I kind of got, I've got my next year kind of planned out in my head. So I've just finished this, I've just finished another novel, but that's a Victorian drama uh sort of which i think is quite in actually yeah that is exactly yeah. <laughs> so that maybe that will do that's that's why i think it potentially has well you know it's literally getting sent out next yeah. week so i mean i'm really pleased with it and that's what's made me think oh maybe i am okay as a writer because with tom cooper i feel there's so many jokes in it and i, and I know i can generate jokes and you know that's just the way my mind is you know i've sort i feel i've become less intelligent over the last uh 20 years doing stand-up but i'm better at writing jokes it's, it's like i spent years trying to break my mind almost and just not be rational and uh see new angles on things um whereas whereas this new one is there's no jokes in it so i was just like how do you how do you fill the space or almost and uh but i feel like oh i think this is okay and um so it turns out maybe maybe i can write a bit <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm hoping yeah but now I feel I, I'm feeling quite liberated at the moment actually like I can like I can write anything that I want to write whether it, whether other people like it or it will be good I don't, that's a different matter but but I feel I can do whatever I need to do now that's not your concern though is it whether people like it it's like stand up you, you do your thing and if people like it then brilliant. if not then yeah although I'd like to make money. a decent <laughs> living yeah <laughs> But hopefully, like maybe with like this this other novel you're writing or finished writing, and if it gets published, that will put Tom Cooper back on the map as well. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Know, um, you've got the first the first novel that you've released. You're, the debut one is probably the most difficult one. Yeah, to get out, well, this so. one, this new one probably won't come out under the same name. It'll probably come out under a different oh, I see. name. Oh, okay. um, but then and then then I'll write another one, Spencer Brown novel, probably starting in a week or so. I've got uh, I've got I've got this other novel I want to funny novel that I want to get done. I've got loads of ideas for funny novels and uh, only a few for um, serious novels. Um, but yeah, but I, but yeah, just that's the trouble I've got. I've got so many things to do. And plus, I've got you know, I've got um, yeah, like I've got a film I might be hoping to direct this year, a feature film that we've written. Well, I've written with my wife and stuff. So just I don't know. It's just trying to. It's just trying to have time to get everything done, isn't it? So if you wanted to give yourself. If you were to give yourself one job title within the entertainment, what would it be? It's always been comedian, you know, in my head, because everything I did was based around comedy. And now it's become having written a serious book <laughs> and, a, and a non-funny film. It's I, I'm completely lost, to be honest. I kind of, 
Yeah, it's it's. I literally don't know what to call myself. I guess writer, probably writer director. I guess you know, with with, with um starting to direct stuff. But yeah, I feel I've I don't know. I humor is just still so important to me. I mean, you know, and it's like I love coming up with jokes, and that's and that's the other thing that I find sound about stand up in a way is that I can't. You can't just do. You can't just do a new set every night. You can't just be constantly creative you have to hone every little bit you know how it is and you yeah, yeah. you know you spend if i mean if you if you if you come up with a new 20 over six months you're you, you know that can work in a club that's pretty prolific really and you know one hour a year is is most people's edinburgh shows aren't consistently you know you know circuit level jokes um so they'll work you know they'll work in the context but they won't they wouldn't, you know, they they wouldn't work, you know, if you just come and open, uh, open, uh, you know, a set with them. So it's, I mean, why, you know, what I wanted, to, what I like about writing, writing the writing books and things is I can be constantly creative. That, that I, I just that's the thing. I've just got so much. I just want to create things really. And hopefully, with with whatever you, you know, make a good good living from it, and you're already making a good living. But if you made you know whatever whatever chooses you really I guess because you've got all these strings to your butt yeah 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 and one of them will eventually choose you and you say okay this is what I am now yeah but the trouble is I, I just you know I, I don't think I'm that's what I should do but that's not what I have, <laughs> have ever done you know like for example when I was um, after I did uh, you know lip service with Holly um, I was like they were like oh we, what we wanted to do is take you outside and do a similar show this and I was like no I don't want to do that so I want to do um I want to do a show with puppets for for adults. And they're like, okay, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, you know, it's just. But I just, I don't know. I just have things in my head that I want to do, which is terrible for your career. Don't do that ever. Just do the same <laughs> thing. It's repeatedly. more fun because why are we doing it? Because we want to be creative, and so yeah. it's, it's a bit yeah. sad when you have to then. No, but that's one that's thing. how you make a living. I yeah. mean, I mean that's the thing. The great thing about writing funny books, if I can, if I can get this to kick off in a big way is that I can there's so many things that can be a funny book and it's you know it's there's literally no limit to budget like there is with films there's you know and if you if it's funny and it's a book it's it's a you know it's a thing but so I feel like I'm hoping this can be a way for me to be as creative as I want do anything I want and yet still somehow be in a, in a niche if you see what I mean thank you so much for joining me Spencer thank you I feel I've waffled like hell that's great that's what a podcast is wow So that was Spencer Brown. I really enjoyed chatting to him. He's still staying creative. You won't see him as much on stage at the moment, obviously because of the coronavirus, but also because he's more of a writer now, as he mentioned in that episode. To go and check out his book, The Rebuilding of Tom Cooper, that you can buy on any online store. And if you like that, obviously you're going to absolutely love his Tom Cooper, The Coronavirus Diaries, which is a free ebook online. Go and check that out. Check him out on all the social medias, his website, his videos, everything else. All of that information is in the show notes. And please subscribe, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. It really does help me. And stay tuned because I'm going to be speaking to many of the comedians virtually and releasing episodes still. Stay safe and speak to you soon. (music) 